We are preaching from the book of Romans, uh, chapter 4. This is lesson 8 in the book of Romans, and I'm entitling it, How to Believe God in All Things, Good and Bad, Difficult Mountains, Valleys, trials, disappointments, loss. And so let's read from Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham, listen, I'm only reading three verses. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has nothing, or something I should say, to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? And this is important. And this is how Abraham lived his life. He is uh, like the father of faith. Jesus is the author of our faith. But Abraham lived by faith before there was law, before there was grace. There was only intimacy with God as they knew it. Abraham did what? He believed God. Everybody say it with me. Abraham believed God. Say it again. Abraham believed God. So I'm going to explain that. I'm going to explain the difference tonight between believing in God, and there are some good things about that, but believing God. Believing God is a, is a whole new level of of living for God. So Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Father, thank you for your living word. It truly is alive. It teaches us. It always unfolds to us. It always gives us new light whenever we read it, if we're looking for it, if we're hungry for it. And Lord, I trust that each one of us here on a Wednesday night, uh, they are hungry. So I thank you for that. So just unveil to them uh, your truth about how to believe you, how to believe you in all things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everyone said amen. So on Sundays I'm preaching about think like Jesus and trying to change the way we think about things, the way we think about good and bad encounters, things that you know kind of upset us, disappoint us. It's very important that we learn different levels of thinking and approach and prayer in those things and in those moments where we are confused or we're being attacked or we feel like we're being uh, hurt uh, or somebody's disappointed us or, you know, it's just one of those days where nothing seems to be going right. You just want to throw up your hands. But all God asks us to do, listen, in all of those things, good and bad, All he asks of you and me, his children, is to believe him. Believe him. So all of us believe in him, right? We all believe that God exists. We all believe that he's there. And if you don't, I want to talk to you tonight and help you to understand uh, creation, help you understand the cosmos, help you understand how you're created and how you're made in the image of God to help you understand that yes, 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 indeed, there is a God. But we know him intimately, right? Through his son, through his Holy Spirit. And so, yes, we believe in him. But 
just believing in God is one thing, and it's a very important thing. It's like a first-level thing. But it's, it is quite different. It goes to a whole new level when we believe Him in all things. Because some people say they believe in God, but they get disappointed and they backslide. Some people believe that there's a God, or they, well, they, they were living for God, but now they're not because God didn't do what they asked Him to. Asked Him to do whatever it was. And so disappointment, all of these things. The devil knows how to push your buttons. Don't look at your neighbor and say, the devil knows how to push your Just look at yourself, all right? See, you can believe in God, believing that he exists, but Abraham, he believed in God. Abraham believed God, yes, and he could have believed in God and just stayed in Ur of the Chaldees, where he lived with his family. Uh, But God, he had an encounter with God. Abraham could have believed in God and never been changed and walked with God on a daily basis and spoke with him as friend to friend and and ministered to him and loved him and sacrificed for him and God pouring out into him. Abraham could have just continued to do his own business and every now and then just acknowledge that God exists and he would have never experienced the life change that he experienced once he encountered the God that he believed in. When Abraham encountered God, And his prophetic assignment that God had for him, it shifted things in Abraham. It shifted him in his heart from believing in God and being stagnant. Anybody can believe in God, believe that God exists. Did you know the devil believes in God? But he's not saved. He's not filled with the Holy Spirit. He's lost. And so anyone can say that, I, well, I, I, I acknowledge God. But do you believe God? Do you walk with him on a daily basis in all things? See, it's shifted from believing in God with Abraham and being stagnant to believing in God and being obedient. Everybody say amen. This is the key. This is the key to your happiness in Christ. This is the key to your victory. This is the key to every circumstance in your life. This is, this is how you live your life. And I'm going to tell you, if you put your hand to this plow and not look back, I'm going to tell you what God will do. He will take your path and it will grow brighter and brighter and brighter over the days, months, and years and decades until it shines as bright as Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you know the Bible says that the right, the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter unto a perfect day? Somebody say amen. Woo, I'm about ready to speak in tongues right now. I'm telling you, that's powerful. See, many people believe in God but never venture out in life like Abraham did, like you have, like Peter did, like, like the apostles did. They venture out. You, people believe, but they never venture out in life believing in God's ability to help them, promote them, keep them, heal them. They're just letting life beat them up instead of pushing back on the devil and experiencing the blessings of God. 
His faithfulness, His ability to lead them, to open doors for them, to provide for them, to give them a spouse, to give them a career, to open up blessings, to show them things they've never seen before, to give them the best life possible. And how many know that's what God wants for your life? He wants that for all of us. And so notice, it doesn't say Abraham believed in God. It doesn't say that. It it says the Scriptures say... What did the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That is, he stood in the sight of God in right standing with God. That God's heart and his heart were aligned together. Because simple and easy as it sounds, it is fairly easy once you lock in. I believe you, God, in all things. I'm going to believe you. I will not let discouragement hinder me. I will not let depression come upon me. And if they do, I'm going to resist them. Next morning, I'm going to get up. Why? Because your mercies are new each morning, and I'm going to shake off the dust, and I'm going to serve you, Jesus, all the days of my life. Somebody say amen. See, anyone can say, as I said, oh, I believe in God. But biblical believing shows up in everyday life of living for God, of believing God, of praying for your children and expecting great things out of their life. And there may be ups and downs as they grow up. They may not do everything you want them to do. You can't control them, but you can pray for them and God's going to get a hold of them and God's going to bring them through it all. And one day they will be the righteousness of God and their path will be growing brighter and brighter because you prayed, because you stood, because you showed them what believing God is all about. Just not believing in God, but believing God. And so... Biblical believing shows up in everyday life. How many understand what I'm saying? Let me give you an example. Peter's true conversion, remember his his conversion? He was, Jesus literally was in his boat that he had fished in all night. He's there and Jesus is ministering to hundreds, perhaps thousands, I don't know, preaching from Peter's boat. And Peter's over there sloshing around in the water, cleaning his nets. I don't know if that was irritating, but I can't hardly, you know, it, 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 it would get distracting for me. But of course, you know, he's the son of God. He can do whatever. And he, but it would become just, Peter, put the nets down, please. So Jesus didn't say that. He just finished up his sermon. And this is what Jesus, this is how good Jesus is to us. And he looks at Peter and says, Peter, Get in the boat and launch out a little and let down your nets. Somebody say amen. So Jesus is setting his disappointment uh, from fishing all night. He's setting him up for a blessing. Jesus wasn't irritated with him. See, when we're just, yeah, Peter Peter could have said, yeah, I believe in God. I believe in God. Yeah, I go to synagogue. But he's grinding it out all the time, never wanting, you know, never asking God to intervene in his business. Jesus wanted, God wanted Peter to say sometime during the night, Father, I'm praying for a catch. And sometimes we miss it. Yeah, we can believe in God, but do we ask God to come and intervene? See, this is what believing God is. This is how you believe God. 
And so to believe God is to know him and to acknowledge him in all your ways and to ask him to intervene. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with some of your heart and lean every now and then on your own Uh, not on your own understanding. No, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. When you don't understand things, God wants you to ask him about it. This is what believing God is. When you don't understand, God does. He knows how to circumvent it all. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all your ways, some of your ways, half your ways, you know, ways, 40%, 90%, no, all, 100% of your ways. Acknowledge him. All he's looking for is just believing him and acknowledging him. Somebody say amen. How easy is that? How easy does he make it for us? But we don't do it because, you know, we're unhumble many times or sometimes, not many times, just every now and then we're unhumble. But, But the Holy Spirit is in us to help us with this. And he shall direct your path. Paths, it says there, plural. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That's the problem. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So Peter knew this verse. It was in the Old Testament. He probably read it, but he wasn't living it. He wasn't believing God in all things. He wasn't acknowledging God. See, this is a conversation that goes on and on. When you think the wrong thought or you say the or you whisper a murmur, you know, you ought to catch yourself and say, Lord, I'm sorry about that. I, please change my heart. Somebody say amen. This is how you believe God, that he's changing you. He's moving in you. Lord, when I pray for that person, I didn't feel the power of God, but I know you are going to touch them, God, and I'm believing that you are touching them right now, and you are going to heal Harry. You're going to heal him. Lord, you're going to heal him, and God did. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. In all your ways, Depart from evil thinking, doubtful thinking, unbelief. Depart from just dismissing God on a daily basis. I got to get my work done. I got to do it my way. You know, what can I do? No, Peter knew this first, but he wasn't applying it daily. Peter was grinding it out. He was being disappointed day after day, but Jesus made it so easy for him. Look at what Peter says. In uh, Peter's, this is where Peter's conversion came after Jesus challenged him to believe God. Everybody say, believe God. Believe God. That's Perfect present tense. Somebody say amen. I'm believing God right now that you're going to get this. It's going to get in your heart. I'm praying that way. But Peter was believing it. Jesus challenged him to believe God in his fishing business. Now, why does Jesus care about our businesses? Yes, he does. Does he care about our employment? Yes. Luke 5, 4 says this. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Peter said, well, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. This isn't the time where you... He didn't say all that, but he did quarrel with the Lord a little bit. He said, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, how many know a nevertheless needs to be a conjunction, I guess that's a conjunction. Is that a conjunction? Uh, of your negativity. Never, everybody say nevertheless. Look at your neighbor and say nevertheless. Nevertheless, that's a good word to have. Peter had it, nevertheless. 
at your word, I will let down the net. So Jesus didn't say another word. You have to go back to what Jesus said before. You know, Jesus wasn't going to say it again. That's why it's good to listen the first time around. Somebody say amen. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net broke. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats. I mean, no, your blessing will overflow on other people. Yes, it will. Hallelujah. To come and help. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. The Lord didn't argue with him. He just said, uh, <laughs> I love this. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John. These were great apostles that Jesus was influencing at the very beginning. To believe, to believe no matter what, even if it's for fish that you fished all night for and didn't see. The sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder. They would become the sons of thunder. Somebody say amen. Who were partners with Simon. They didn't even know their potential until they started to believe God. You never realize your potential in Christ until you believe in the darkness, until you believe in the discouragement, until you believe in the, in the pain and in the sorrow and in the rejection. Somebody say amen. Are you asleep on the turkey? Some of you are sleeping good. We're going to have Starbucks next time, and you're going to drink Starbucks, every one of you, after your turkey dinner. So Jesus said to Simon, I love this, do not be afraid. Isn't that just like Jesus? From now on, you will catch men. And this is his conversion, Peter's conversion, from just believing in God to believing God in all things. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. And somebody say amen. Say, Pastor Randy, Th that, that, that is a very, very powerful thing to do, to forsake all. So let me explain it. Because when you experience a conversion to Christ, this is what you do. You forsake all. Now, forsaking all, see, Peter went from believing in God to believing God. There was a powerful experience that he had. Jesus changed everything. And so now he's... He's beginning his journey and believing God in all things, and it changed everything for Peter. And it says that Peter forsook all, that they all did. They forsook all and followed him. See, to forsake all means no matter what you face, you are not going to lean on your own understanding. Remember that verse? This is what forsaking all means. I'm not going to I'm not going to lean toward what I used to lean toward. I'm not going to depend on what I used to depend on. I'm not going to uh, talk to the person that brings me down anymore. I'm going to try to convert them. Or I'm not going to uh, try to figure things out on my own. I'm going to forsake all of that, and I'm going to lean on Jesus. Now, many times Jesus doesn't ask you to, 
change your job, leave the nets, leave the boat, you know, forsake the business, sell the business, whatever. Many times he's not asking us to do that. He did ask that of Peter and James and John, and they did. But they left the business to other people who were able to tend it well, and they followed. That was their specific call. But Jesus does want us to forsake all in our lives all of our carnal ways, all of the way we do things and talk to him about it and, and say, Lord, everything belongs to you. What do you need me to do? What can I do for you? How can I serve you? See, leaning on your own understanding in all things is not a good thing, but leaning on Jesus and forsaking those things, Jesus will help you and teach you how to believe him in all things. So Abraham did the same thing. He went from believing in God to believing God, right? He went that way. Abraham went from being acquainted with God, having a knowledge of God, to being a friend of God. Did you know you can be a friend, that God would call you his friend? You are called not only the friend of God, but the righteousness of God. Now, you may look in the mirror and say, I don't feel that way, but you are. God is a friend of sinners, yes, but he is also a friend of his saints. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Having a knowledge of God to be a friend of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20 says this about Abraham, verse 7. You gave the land to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. See, Jesus called Peter and his disciples friends as well. Remember that in the gospel of John chapter 15, verse 15. No longer do I call you my servants. You, for, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard, everybody say all things, that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. See, when we acknowledge him in all things, when we believe him in all things, he reveals all things to us. Can I say that again? When we believe in God in all things, he reveals in all things all things. Somebody say amen. Now that may have been hard to follow, but it's not a trick sentence. When I believe him in all things, it opens me up for the potential of God to make all things possible. Oh, I'm about ready to speak in tongues right now. See, the apostle Paul declared that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Absolutely. Abraham was declared righteous by God because he believed God. He was declared the friend of God. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he has made him uh, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that is Jesus, that we might become the righteousness of God. When we believe God in all things, he begins to work in us to make us the righteousness of God. He begins to work around us to help us in every way that all things are working together for our good. Somebody say amen. And according to his purpose. Now, it may feel like you take two steps backwards and one step forward, and that happens for the longest time. Believe God. Look at your neighbor and say, believe God. Come on. Amen. Because there is coming a day where God will accept 
accelerate you. And you will go beyond where you would have been had you not been feeling like you're taking two steps back. How many understand that? How do I know that? Listen, I know that because I've served him for this long. This is what he does. And if you can, if you can get away from the short term or the, or the narrow vision of your life and get the macro vision of your life, the way God sees you and the way God is setting you up, you will not be discouraged when you're taking two steps back and one step forward. You may have to fight. You may have to grit your teeth. But the good thing about believing God is that you believe God even when you're in pain, even when you don't feel like it, even when it doesn't look promising, because that's what faith is all about. Anyone can believe God when things are going good and the bank accounts overflow and the pro- promotion is happening and all of the, and your marriage is great, hallelujah. But it's, it, it takes faith to believe when those things aren't just quite right and you know God wants to align them for you. So it's up to you. You can ignore him, not ask him in all things to intervene. And uh, the Bible does say pray without ceasing. Somebody say amen. So you can do this. You can, you can talk to God consistently, constantly, constantly. How many know we can walk in the spirit? We don't even have to talk. We just walk. Amen. We walk in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He's with me always. He never said he'd leave me. So he's always with me. So he's always doing something good. So you can ignore him, not ask, think things are too big, things or too small. God, you know, he's not so interested. He's interested in everything. Somebody say every detail. Amen. And so it's up to you. If you Don't ask. If you don't acknowledge, if you don't seek, you won't find. You won't get the answers you want. You'll try to figure it out, get frustrated, say, God, where are you? When he said, I'm right here. I'm right behind you, right with you, all around you. Pray in all things for God's intervention and blessing in all things. Don't squander a trial. Somebody say amen. Don't squander a test of your faith to see God show up in your life. Now, Abraham had to travel from Ur of the Chaldees to Canaan. You know, his dad tried that journey, and his dad was bringing his whole family to Canaan. It's in the Bible. But he stopped about a quarter of the way, halfway, he said, I just can't do it. He doesn't say that, but that's about what it feels like. He just stopped. And he said, well, this is good enough. This is good enough. No, God wants you to keep going. He wants your promised land for you. And so you just got to keep going. Abraham did. Can you imagine that journey, how long it took from Ur of the Chaldees to, to Canaan on foot? It wasn't, you know, in your modern day highway, on your modern day highway and, and car. The reason why all things work together for your good is because you have grown in your love for God to involve him and pray and worship him in all things. That's how all things work together for good. Because guess what? He's going to get the glory and you're going to be happy he does. Somebody say amen. You all know this verse, Romans 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 28. And we, for we know, and we know, and we know. Everybody say, I know this. I know 
You got to live it, though. And we know all things, everybody say all things, work together for good to those who, what? Love God. I'm working that in me, Lord. I want to love you more, to believe you more, no matter what I'm going through. All things are working together. I believe that. I got to remind myself of that. To those who are called according to his purpose. Now let me get to a conclusion here. And I want to give you four quick points. The reason why you are more than a conqueror in all things, Romans 8, 37, is because you, have, you are believing God in all things. You cannot be more than a conqueror in all things if you are not believing God. Well, I believe that you're there, Lord, but I guess you don't care. That is not a prayer of faith. Somebody say amen to that. The reason why all things are possible with God is because you believe God in all things. There's no limit with God. The limit is with me. The limit is with my faith. The limit is with how much I'm going to involve him in my life. The limit is how much I'm going to resist the devil and tell the devil to flee out of my finances, flee out of my body, flee out of my family, breaking word curses, breaking generational curses. You stop here, devil. You must go. It stops with my family. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. See, the reason you can do all things, the Bible says this, without murmuring and complaining. Has anybody learned that one yet? Are you growing in that? Without murmuring and doing all things without, did you know the Bible says that? It says it in Philippians. The reason why you can do that, you may not be doing it all the time, Anybody have a bad day this week already? It's only Wednesday. The reason why you can do all things without complaining and murmuring is because you are believing God in all things, no matter what the cause is to murmur and complain. And instead of murmuring and complaining, you're going to worship and praise God, and you're going to speak to the mountain and command it to move. This is how you operate at a high level of Abrahamic faith. Somebody say amen. Jesus kind of faith. Philippians 2, 14 says, do all things. Everybody say all things again. All things without what? Complaining. Don't look at your neighbor now. I know. Do all things without complaining and disputing or murmuring, murmuring and disputing, complaining, that you may become blame. Everybody say become blameless and harmless, the children of God, without fault, in the midst of a beautiful and God-loving world. No, it doesn't say that. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine. Everybody say, you shine. Look at your neighbor and say, you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice, Paul says, in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Somebody say amen. That's my prayer for you. I want you to know these secrets as well. See, you can do all things. This is what it's saying. You can do all things with the oil of gladness and joy. Oh, the burden though, Pastor Randy. You can go to work with the oil of gladness and feel like you're ready to fall asleep on the job. Come on. Oh, it got awfully quiet. 
in here. You can do it. It's not easy. It doesn't happen all the time, but you can work on it. You can believe God in that moment and operate in the oil of joy and gladness. And how do you do it? Lord, I thank you for this job. I thank you for the money that it's producing for my family. I thank you, Lord, that I'm going to have a chance to, to witness. And as you're going and you're operating, you're believing God. Lord, I'm thanking you that you're just going to open a door today. I don't have any energy in me, but I thank you that your energy is in me. I'm going to live in the supernatural energy of God. Somebody say amen. Somebody put that turkey down and, 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 and wake up. Somebody say amen. I'm just teasing. All right. So the oil of glory and joy can flow out of you. Abraham believed God, and God called him his friend, and he called him righteous. So let me give you, let me give you some quick points. To believe God in all things is to, number one, trust God in all things. Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 31 says, as for God, see, God is trustworthy. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to those who trust in him. To believe God in all things is to shine for God in all things. The three Hebrew children, they were not going to bow the knee no matter what the pressure was. They were facing their end in the fiery furnace. Seven times hotter, they were going to shine. They were not going to give in, and they didn't. And what did God do? He did amazing things for them. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine, everybody say shine, before men that they may see your good works. Everybody say see and glorify your Father in heaven. How do they glorify your Father in heaven? By shining your light and showing your good works. No, not to say look at me but to be humble and say, look at him. Hallelujah. This is what he has done in my life. Isaiah 60 verse one says, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Somebody say amen. And that, if you read in that in context, this is about the end times, how gross darkness is going to cover the people and the earth, but his glory in the last days is going to arise upon you. To believe God in all things is to not only trust God in all things and shine for God in all things, but wait on God in all things. See, it takes believing God. See, I can believe God when things are going right. I don't really need to believe God when everything's going right, but I can acknowledge him in all my ways. I can, I can still fellowship with him. But believe in God when, it, when things aren't happening right now, as quickly as we want them. You have to learn to wait and say, you can say, thank you, Lord, that you are teaching me how to be patient. You are teaching me how to be, um, uh, how I can preserve my heart and my patience possess my soul. You're teaching me about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering. Everybody say long suffering, goodness, gentleness, 
perseverance, all of it. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew, listen to this reward, you shall renew your strength. You shall mount up with wings like eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. See, when you learn to wait, it's almost like you become a powerhouse. God is just building up strength in you. You are looking at him and saying, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't know how to figure this out, but I know you do. I'm just going to wait on you. We're not used to waiting. We want things now. God wants you to learn to wait, not just trust, not just shine, be active, do things for God, but to wait patiently on him. And God, you says that, that you will soar suddenly on the wind of the Spirit of God. And you will see the benefit of living for God after so many days, so many hours, or so many months or years. Whatever, God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to shine for you, and I'm going to wait on you. And finally, to believe God in all things is to know God is in control of all things and all things are under his feet. Somebody say amen. Ephesians 1, come on up here, Tara. Ephesians 1, says this, and he put all things under his feet. The father put some things under Jesus' feet. No, all things under his feet and gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church. Everybody say all things. All things again. All things are put under his feet and he, he is in control of all things for the church. Somebody say amen. It's so good. It's so good to be, a, this is one of the benefits of being a part of the church because Jesus is in control of all things. And as far as I'm concerned, in this church, I, I acknowledge him as the head. I want him to be in control of all things. Sometimes I feel out of control, but I'm so glad that he is in control. But all things are under his feet. And he gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Let me give you some concluding thoughts. Bring down those lights, Bob, if you will. Now listen. You've been declared righteous by God. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this on Sunday. You have to think. You have to think the way Jesus thinks about you, not the way you think about you. Or you're going to get stuck on the hamster wheel of your mind and you'll never break out of being a true son of light, a true daughter of light. And I've been searching for images of what we look like in the Spirit. See, we're not standing there in the darkness with a little old candle. The devil, big bad wolf, is going to blow out the candle and extinguish the... You're not, you're not just holding a little candle, trembling. No, no. Your whole being is light. You don't see it. But you don't see a lot of things. You've got to believe. You've got to know what the Word of God says. But you've been declared righteous because of your faith in, in the Son of God. God gave you that revelation. And when you acknowledge it, when you operate in it, when you tell the devil, I believe in Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. Christ lives in me. 
I'm not going to live in lies. I'm not going to live the way the devil wants me to live anymore. See, you've received his divine nature. Somebody say amen. Like Abraham, there's nothing hindering you from believing God in all things. Everything. All things. His own spirit has made you alive when, when you were once dead in your trespasses and sins. Like Abraham and like the disciples of Jesus, you have been declared the friend of God. Somebody say amen. Why? Because you believe. You believe God. I'm going to believe Him when I get up in the morning. I'm going to believe that God has had something good for me today. And if the devil wants to try to disrupt it, I'm going to crush him under my feet and believe that the next day is going to be even better. Double portion for you the next day because you didn't get your portion today. Somebody say amen. The devil will put all kinds of fleshly thoughts, depressed thoughts, lying thoughts in your mind. Put them under your feet. Put them behind you. Trust Jesus. Shine for Him in the darkest of situations. You will be highly rewarded. Wait on Him and declare He is in control. Stand with me. Those of you watching, do the same. Come on. Hallelujah. Declare this out loud. Repeat it after me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that I can believe you in all things. Good things, bad things, happy things, sad things. Thank you that I can trust you to work all things together for my good and your glory. You are a shield around me. Your path for my life is perfect. Your word in my life is proven. My path is growing brighter, not darker. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Your spirit is a comfort to my soul. In all things, I will give thanks. Thank you. You have declared me to be your friend, your righteousness, your child. Come on, a little bit more. Thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me with the oil of joy and gladness. <laughs> Woo! I have, to, I have to shout on that one because that's a challenge, right? Say this, repeat it. You are encouraging me. You are prospering me. And you are overflowing in me. Thank you that all things are possible and all things that I face, you're working them out. I will give you praise, honor, and glory in the mighty name, the powerful name, the glorious name, the matchless name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Come on, give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's